What's going on, guys? This is Jay from the Mad Good Nick Show. I'm hyped to be back. It's good to be talking. Shout out to the fellas, Staff Pete. Shout out to TK and Far. They're out in Dominican Republic right now celebrating one of our boys' bachelor party. Wish I could be there. Yet I'm still here, stuck with the mother effing snow. After this weak ass nor'easter decided to pass by. Either way, back to Nick's talk. God damn it, it always seems like we're just talking about the same thing. Development, about next year. Ah, I don't know about you guys, but this is frustrating. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. I'm frustrated with all this nonsense going on. At least Tim Hardaway Jr. is talking about how, you know, they're still back in their head coach. And I think this offseason is going to be a very, very interesting offseason because now we're talking about people, you know, the caliber of a Mark Jackson. Uh, of course, Jeff Van Gundy, he's always in the discussion. You're talking about a Doc Rivers. You're talking about Jason Kidd. Options kind of seem endless right now. We have options. I think for the most part, people are sort of trending towards Mark Jackson. Uh, he's defensive minded. And let's be honest here. Let's be honest. He essentially built the Warriors to what they are today. Then you had someone like Steve Kerr come in, make some minor tweaks and boom, shit just exploded. But let's be honest, though, that was, I think, mainly the work of of Mark Jackson developing his players. And he had a special connection, especially with Steph Curry. Both, you know, seem to be very religious individuals. And I think they had that respect for each other. Um, so there, it was it's it's interesting to see. And it, it would be interesting to see if he could potentially have that same effect here in New York. So talking Knicks, it's frustrating to see them lose. But yet again, I'm I'm one of the most vocal individuals on the show that's always talking about, you know, them tanking currently uh, tanking for some amazing players that could potentially come in to New York City, make an impact immediately. One thing I think as New York fans, though, we need to be fair and conscientious of is not each person that we draft or not each person that we bring into the team, into the garden they're not the savior. And we tend to always put that pressure on people's shoulders. And that, I mean, that's that's not fair to them. They, you know what I mean? Like, let them develop into the player they should become. I think at times we draft our players and trade them away too soon. I mean, for example, even Tim Hardaway Jr. We, we got rid of him essentially for no reason. He was on a team-friendly contract. Every rookie is when they first come into the league. What is the point if you see potential in someone letting them go? We then had to overbid to then bring Timmy back. No sense. I've always been a fan of Tim. I just am cautious of the price we had to bring him back at. So that's always been my, my concern. Steph and Pete, they made an awesome post not too long ago. And the Knicks over the last few years have actually had the most in terms of like all team rookies. So our scouting department seems to be amazing. We can draft players that we know have potential. We can draft or trade for players 
that essentially in the near future, if developed correctly, can contribute a lot. Now, in terms of drafting those players and then developing those players, for some reason, the Knicks are horrendous at that. When you go down the list of certain players that we drafted and then where they, end, where they ended up, I mean, a lot of these individuals end up on playoff teams that we end up watching them and we're like, where was this production when you were on the Knicks? And it, I mean, I don't know if it's more of the coaching, if it's more of just the ambiance of the city where it could simply be a mental game and you need someone that's incredibly mentally strong to be, you know, to be able to handle the pressure of the garden. It seems like so many players look forward to coming into the garden to make their career nights, whether it's points, rebounds, anything anything they tend to have career nights against the knicks at the garden if you want to make your name in the league in basketball there are certain places where you play certain venues that you capitalize however being in a big market as we are it doesn't seem to be helping us out when we're looking to encourage players to come join the knicks it's, it's not like the old times where it used to be where, oh, if you play in New York, then, you know, you have certain opportunities available to you. Nah, man, it's fucking 2018. You got Instagram and shit. <laughs> Seriously, you can now be Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City and get all the deals that you need to get in terms of whether it's an endorsement deal, a shoe deal, etc. You don't have to play in the big markets. And that's where the Lakers, the Knicks, the Bulls are having, you know, trouble getting certain players to come join them now. It's the selling points, the selling ceremony for some of these cities isn't what it used to be. When you had Shaq go to LA, they sold him on movies. They sold him on the rap album. They sold him being around celebrities because he had the personality of being a celebrity and LA would play to his strengths. That's how they brought him over. It doesn't matter where you're at now. You're still going to get that same offer for a film role to star in the next Space Jam, to start in the next potential you like Uncle Drew movie. Uh, congrats to Kyrie taking that from just a simple commercial to a freaking movie just due to the fact that it was so entertaining. So these are just opportunities that are available anywhere in the world, any team that you play on. But the Knicks continue to struggle. Now, if you look at the president and GM pairing, I think moving forward, we actually have a bright future. When you take into account a signing like Troy Williams, sure, 10 day contract, but it continues to show that these individuals are very active. So that makes me excited for the off season. Whatever, the season's done with. I'm not gonna lie to you. It is incredibly tough to watch Knicks games. I'll speak for myself, but potentially some of the rest of the guys on the show, it is hard. It is hard to watch these Knicks games, no matter how big a fan you may be. You already know the outcome, it seems like. We are currently, let me just double check the, the damn freaking results, but I, I believe we are currently on a five game losing streak. 
The last game we won was February 22nd. We're in March, bruh. We're in March. One, where's the year going? Because I celebrated New Year's yesterday. Two, we are in March. I can't freaking wait already for the beginning of the season next year. Just to see what team is going to show up for the Knicks. So we have a loss against the Celtics, a loss against the Warriors, the Clippers, Kings. God damn it. Really? Scal was the one to take a three-point shot at the end of the game, and he makes it? I was expecting to lose against the Trailblazers the way that Dame Dalla has been playing in the fourth quarter. The brighter the lights, the more this man shows up. And what the Knicks be doing? Going to sleep after the, after the first half. Come third quarter, they're like, what? We still got 24 minutes? <laughs> 24 more minutes? What the fuck? <laughs> I killed it for 24 minutes. You need me to do it again for 24 more? That's what it seems like. The Knicks be playing out here like a big person going to the gym for the first day of their life. They go hard. They're inspired. And their training coach is like, good job. I'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Bruh, you telling me I got to do all this again? Tomorrow? Nah, I'm Gucci. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, it, and especially some of the games that we still have upcoming. I mean, they're, there's, they're pretty bad. The only game I may be looking forward to is potentially Dallas Mavericks. Only because I think we have a chance. And it's like, what's the point? Let's tank as hard as we can go. And then the Orlando Magic, which is our last win on February 22nd. It looks at times pretty bad out there. Um, you have someone like Emmanuel Moutier that right now he just can't get his shot going the last few games. He came in strong when he came into the to the Knicks. But you're looking at his last three games right now. His last three freaking games where we're talking about the Clippers, Kings and Blazers. Three for 25 field goal, 12 points, 14 assists with eight turnovers. And this is potentially what we're talking about being our point guard of the future. Because right now we're playing Frank Nilakina, who we drafted to essentially be our point guard of the future. We're playing him at the two. We're playing him off the ball. Don't get me wrong. Just because this man can hit a few open three point shots does not mean he needs to be a shooting guard. As far as I'm concerned, you have to be one of the most aggressive and active players on the court if you're going to be a two. I don't see that with Frank. I don't see him being aggressive enough to become a two. Now, this is more of an experiment, I think more than anything else, than trying to develop Frank at the two to simply see who and what we have. This is more a trial run for Emmanuel Moutier and Trey Burke to see what we have, to see who could potentially be our point guard or the future. At least for the next upcoming, maybe three, four seasons. When you look at Frank, Frank is only 19. Even if he were to become an amazing player, relatively, for his age, and I'm not talking about LeBron or, or Ben Simmons type of player when they were that same age. I'm talking about, you know, still relative, um, I guess for like a Euro player or something of that sort, especially at his age coming outside from Europe. He, he can become a really, really good player in the next season or two, but that doesn't mean he needs to start. He's so young and we can lock him down to a contract. He's so young. As far as I'm concerned, we can develop Frank until he's 24 and then get him to start on the team. And guess what? He's still about to go into his prime. 
He hasn't reached his prime yet. So I think the best thing for Frank is more so the fact that he is so young and he can just take his time, develop and do what he needs to do. So this is more trial run for Moutier, who just turned 22, and for Burke, who I believe is 25. So with them more than anything else, if we are going to resign them or anything of the sorts, we really need to see what we have or just to see if they're going to be trading bait for us in the offseason. I'm all for it, trying to figure out what we really have, what cards we have. But damn it, it's just frustrating. It, it Who knows where we will fall in the draft? Right now, we're kind of projected anywhere between like 8 and 13. And just due to how our luck kind of plays out, we haven't really had any luck not not over the last few years. We always kind of we're we're always in that lottery. But damn it, we've never gotten that number 1 consensus pick not since Mr. Patrick Ewing, one of the legends and Hall of Famers for the Knicks. Ever since then, it's it's been kind of tough. We've drafted well with the picks we've had. But still, we don't develop those players. Right now the only one that we're actually developing is is KP we are developing KP and he seems to come better each year when he comes back. He, he comes better. He comes a little bit bigger. And, um, you know, I hope psychologically he'll be good to go next season. Personally, my personal opinion, I would potentially sit KP all of next year. Not so much to tank, but I want to make sure the longevity of his career can do well for us. We need to think long game here. Can't just bring this team back for next year and just bring him in whenever you can. I mean, look at someone like Zach Levine for the Bulls. He's on minutes restrictions. He doesn't play games back to back. And he's an amazing young player. But they're taking their time with him this season, especially the fact that the Bulls are going nowhere. So for what? What do you want to play this man for? Of course, let him play a certain amount of minutes just to get his groove back and make sure he doesn't lose touch. Get his confidence back more than anything else. Yeah, man, I can still do this. I can still hop off this one knee and yam it on you. Put you on a motherfucking poster. Frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. More than anything else. I've been saying it. All right, guys. I think for the most part, that wraps up my thoughts. Wraps up my thoughts. I got nothing else to say. Nothing else to really get off my chest right now. I do hope we can do more with this team, at least in terms of seeing those flashes and developing our players. I hope we can get a good draft pick. And I hope KP comes back stronger than ever next year. But until next time, we will have an episode coming out very, 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 very soon. So please subscribe on YouTube, check out all of our content whenever you have the opportunity. Sign up here on Apple Podcasts, on our SoundClouds, check out our Instagram, so on and so forth. We're, we're pretty much posting daily and posting as much as we can as soon as we can. Let's keep having fun, guys. Whenever we, we, you know, whenever we see something on the court, let's try to celebrate it. Glass is always half full in life, at least for me, than half empty. This is Jay from the Mad Good Nick Show signing out. Until next time, people. Peace and love. Love and peace.
Adiós. <risa>